You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the best store in the universe. Thousands of shirts, but not really. Shop now and support the show at MaddoxRules.com. Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe, from whoop, there it is, to beating your kids. With over 3 million downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. With me is the Sultan of Swag, Mikey Bolts. Hey there, Maddox. And as always, the Deputy Cadet Moderator, Ron Babcock. Hey. And Junior Journalist, Taylor Nikolai. I love you so much, Maddox. Welcome back to the show. Guys, huge show, amazing debate this week. We're going to be talking about the Apu controversy. If you're not familiar, that's the controversy that... Well, we'll get into it a little bit later into the show, but it's the Simpsons character, Apu. Some people are having problems with that. And the voicemail number is on the website, guys. We've got a ton of voicemail coming up at the tail end of the show. Go to madcastmedia.com, click on any Best Debate episode. The voicemail number is at the bottom of the website. But first, I want to introduce our guest this week. She's an amazing producer, writer, very funny lady. Please welcome to the show, Lisa Ullman. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. What an honor. Welcome to the show. So honored to have you. You you were the executive producer of the Ricky Gervais show. I was, yes. Uh, that was a show that was based on a podcast before podcasts were a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it, it kind of like set a template for how to make a successful podcast show, like how to make it you know, move it from a podcast into a TV show, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it was, I always say uh, it pays to be a fan. I was a giant fan of that podcast. I listened to it like all the time. I would, I I remember I was in Costa Rica and I would just be on a bus ride and listening to it for hours at a time and uh, was fortunate enough to be working in an animation studio and we got to develop it and sold it to HBO as a podcast. So yeah, it was um, kind of the first time we took source material from something that existed. Well, that's not, I guess Dr. Katz was kind of a version of that. Was Dr. Katz a podcast? It wasn't a podcast, but I think it was a version of like routines that they edited together. Like I sort of look at it that. It that was it their like stand-up routines yeah. that they turned oh. into yeah. him, like yeah. interviewing them on the couch. Oh, exactly. interesting. It was audio that. that existed. So yeah, it, it, we probably ripped that off a tiny bit, but you know. So that was kind of like the kernel of inspiration, but then yes. it became its own thing. I, I remember that was how I how, how I came across the Ricky Gervais podcast with uh, Carl Pilkington. Yeah, you you didn't know about the podcast until know. the show. Exactly. Oh, see, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I always ask people because I was such a huge fan of the podcast that if anybody said to me I hated the show, I couldn't watch it. Like I would be like respect because <laughs> I was such a diehard fan that I always wanted to know when people when I find out that people didn't listen to the podcast until they heard about the show and then went back. That makes me really happy. And I feel like I did a mitzvah and yeah. brought Carl Pilkington to like more people than knew, knew about a- before. Absolutely. And Carl spun off as his own brand, his own TV yeah. show, yeah. An Idiot Abroad. Yeah. Right. Which uh, I have nothing to do with. One of the hardest times I have ever laughed was on a plane when I was watching Carl Pilkington go to China. Amazing. And I was like, you know that when you laugh so hard on a plane that it's uncomfortable for the people around you? Yeah. I was crying with laughter yeah. watching yeah. it. And is he, he's like, that's really him? Yeah. I had the pleasure to meet him once. I'll briefly tell the story because it's a great story. I was in London and I went to Ricky's office because I didn't get to interface with him that much. And Ricky and Steven were both there. So the first thing I did was say, can I... Um, 
talk to you about the office because I probably will never have the opportunity to have you both in the same room again. And I felt like that Chris Farley character, you know, on <laughs> SNL was like, uh, remember the time, remember that, at that time when you, that was awesome. Like that's how I was talking about the office, but a little bit more articulately. Um, and so we were in the middle of just talking and catching up on things. And Ricky had told me they had just recorded this episode of idiot abroad, uh, where they were on a big, sh- or that Carl was on a big ship. And then all of a sudden, Carl came like kind of ambling in and he had on a baseball cap and he had a coffee and a muffin. And I had no idea he was coming, but he was a huge fan of the show. And I was so excited. I go, oh, my God, it's Carl. And he wanted to meet me because he loved the show. And he took out this muffin and started eating it. And Ricky was behind his desk and he was like, mind the crumbs. You know, like he was just totally <laughs> dissing him like right off the bat. And... um. And so we were talking and Ricky was giving him a hard time about moaning on the ship. And um, he said, I was like proper seasick, you know, when I took a fisherman's friend and everything. And I just go, Carl, fisherman's friend is a lozenge. And he goes, what? And I go, it's not a seasickness pill, it's a lozenge. Like I literally was was in the podcast all of a sudden. He goes, oh, and Ricky goes, yeah. And I was like so excited that, you know, I got to like have that interaction. And then I was so kind of charmed because the thing about Carl in real life is that he does laugh and he does smile. Like we were very careful on the show, like uh-huh. always deadpan. And they showed that in Idiot Abroad a little bit, you know, but, and he was like, and so I said to Ricky with Carl still in the room, I said, that was so amazing. He's so sweet and smiley in real life. And Ricky goes, and it doesn't take long for people to talk about him like he's not in the room. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, Carl, but it's totally true. It's like he's like this adorable dog that you're just kind of observing. So that was one of, a, it was a great day. So yeah, he's he's the real deal and that dynamic is 100% real. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Very yeah. cool. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. And I should also mention that we know each other through a mutual friend, Michael Malice. Love Michael Malice. Michael Malice is an amazing guy. He's been on the show a couple of times. Times, an amazing guest, brilliant writer, yes. and he wrote, uh, I actually have his book in the studio, Dear Reader, the Kim Jong-il, the unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-il. He went to North Korea for that book. I almost went with him. But we came to know each other through, you said you met you met Michael Malice through Harvey Picar, right? Yes. Um, I When I was working in animation, I was a huge Harvey Picar fan, and I read Ego and Hubris, which is the Harvey Picar kind of produced Michael Malice story. And it's an unbelievable book. I recommend it to everybody. And uh, I was working on a project with Harvey and we got to go to Ohio for Harvey's 70th birthday and Michael was there. So we got to know each other at yeah. that birthday, which was, you know, frankly, like World War Three with all of the PCAR people and alliances. And t- I mean, it was un- <laughs> it, I, I was literally in hog heaven. It was like, you know. Yeah. King of the, you know, who's the king of the misfits? Who's the right, you know, yeah. who's the least mentally ill? <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, war of like the mentally ill misfits slash, you know, I, I mean, alliances, insanity. Yeah. You know? Sounds like us every week. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, yeah, exactly. Right, right. The, every episode of the show. So Harvey Picar, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing, he was a writer and he created so many different, so many graphic novels, graphic novels for his for his life. And they made a movie about him called American Splendor. Amazing and it's thing. based on Harvey Picar's story. And it was it was acted by Paul Giamatti. He was yeah, uh, Harvey. Uh, oh, Judah man. Freelander played his buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great movie. Really, really well done. Very poignant. Talks about Harvey's life and how he never sold out. He went on the David Letterman show a, a few times, burned those, burned those bridges pretty bad. Yeah. Um, started like ranting on the David Letterman show. 
brilliant movie, but one of the last books he wrote in his life was about Michael Malice. Yeah. And so that's how you you came to be a fan of Michael Malice, Absolutely. and then he introduced us, and we became really good friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for coming oh on the show. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we should get to the debate this week, though, yeah, which is- Yeah, let's fix some stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's fix some stuff. What's the problem with Apu? Now, there was a documentary that recently came out, which an Indian comic kind of tore into this character- Apu and what the problem the the problems he had as an Indian American man uh, growing up and the stereotypes involved with that. So we're going to talk about that controversy because a lot of people are coming down very hard on both sides of this debate. Super and, funny comic, by the way, Hari. Yeah, is he? Has, yeah, he has real deal. He's yeah. hilarious. Great. You know? Do you know Hari? I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think we've been on like one or two of the same shows over the years. Interesting. I think we'd probably be on one of those, like, you know, in comedy, like, you don't know people, you just, like, kind of nod. Acquaintances. Like, hey, you, hey, you know, like, you don't know people just from, by seeing their name on show oh, flyers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but he's a super funny dude. I Great. haven't seen the movie yet, and I really want to. The, well, fil- the film explores uh, encounters with negative stereotypes, racial microaggressions, and slurs against people of Indian and South Asian heritage disseminated through the character. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for the info. Uh, we should talk about that debate, but before we do, I want to hear everyone's buzzer. Here's mine. Lisa. All right. Ron Babcock and Taylor Nikolai. There it is. If you hear a buzzer from anyone during this debate, that means someone is disagreeing with someone else. We're just chiming in with an interjection or we want to point something out. But Lisa, as our guest this week, yes. I'm going to give you a first stab at this debate. Okay. What's the problem with Apu? If anything, do you have a problem with this character? Yeah, Lisa, Apu? what's the problem? Yeah. Uh, well, as somebody who's been to India twice, um, no, uh, I have been to India twice, but um, I think that... Um, I'll, I'll use this this example. I think that there are things that we kind of assume we have free license to have fun with in comedy. And then the reality of people's experience becomes something that we become more aware of and we kind of sort, start to backpedal a little bit. So, you know, I think that, for example, I was speaking and this is embarrassing, but it's just true and it's important. I oversee TV development and there was a performer that I was meeting with, a writer performer, and she's African-American. And she just said, oh, I just came from a store and I was like, you know, followed. And I just said, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, you don't live in South Central. You know, I mean, I literally was like, what are you talking about? And she said, Lisa, I'm a black woman. I get followed, you know, because people think I'm shoplifting. And I'm like, I had no idea. Like, I was embarrassed. It's like, I have black friends, but I had no idea that that was happening. And this was probably two years ago before I think Black Lives Matter was kind of at its hilt. But the more I'm kind of learning from different minority groups as, you know, a relatively privileged Caucasian, um, the more I'm realizing that, yeah, it's it's not funny. So, you know, with The Simpsons, there's always the opportunity to kind of build out another storyline. And it is kind of a problem. Like, we are making fun of him based on his accent. And I think everything's fair game as long as maybe that character has the opportunity to, you know, I don't know. It's not Simpsons. It's not the Simpsons tone to sort of say to to kind of give it back, you know, to have that character give it back to him. But, you know, to at least expand the storyline or explain like the immigration process and or explain like why that character loves what he's doing. Hmm. Again, it's 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 new. I'm not I never thought of it as a problem, but I give credibility to the argument. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, good argument. Good first stab at the debate, but completely wrong. And I'll... <laughs> All good. Yeah. 
garbage right out of the gates. Yep. Right out of the gates, Lisa, and I'll tell okay. you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> so so I read I this could, article. I could, I could feel the emails just burning oh, yeah. up already. Oh, yeah. That's Bring cool. It. Tell us why, Maddox. Bring Go it. ahead. I would, I'm, I'm going to tear into this fucking That's thing. That's cool. Okay, and I'm right, I'm so glad you took that position because I'm because this is really the side You're of so the prepared, I want to argue. And this is yeah. a build-up. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's be clear, Maddox is always right. Correct. Mm. And Thank a you, privileged Taylor. white male. And a privileged white male. Go oh, ahead. oh, really? Okay, we'll get into that. We'll okay. get into that. Lisa. We have a whole okay. chapter on yeah, that. We'll get into that. That's okay. right. Um, so there's this article on Vox that talks about this. It's the Simpsons of Pooh controversy. It says, "What if the Simpsons had aged in real time? What if the show had launched in 1989 and here in 2018, all the characters were 29 years older? Bart would be pushing 40. Lisa in her late 30s. Maggie would be in her early 30s. But smack dab in the middle of the portion of the millennial generation." Hardest hit by the 2008 economic collapse, Homer and Marge would be somewhere in their 60s, probably still scrambling to make ends meet. So this is they're saying that what if what if the Simpsons, these beloved okay. characters who we have come to love and they never aged because they're fucking cartoon characters. Right. What if they'd come to come to age and, and become modern and adapted? It says the basis of Hari's argument has never been a poo must go away or even a poo is the most racist character imaginable. It has always been that The Simpsons is a funny show and one that has given the character of a poo more dimensions than a lot of shows would have. But it still has a massive blind spot when it comes to a character voiced by a white man with a stereotypical Indian accent who remains stuck in a dead-end job. Now, I watched part of his documentary mm-hmm. on True TV, and actually I have a clip I wanted to play from it. Listen to this. It kind of set up what the problem is with a poo. problem is is we didn't have any other representation in this country. There was no Aziz, no Mindy, no Cal, no that dude who was on Lost, no politicians or reporters, and no whatever Deepak Chopra is. This is all we had. Apu reflected how America viewed us. Servile, devious, goofy. And that creates a problem when the most popular show on television, which it was, is showing mainstream America what an Indian is and it's a pot-bellied dude who can't speak English has zero is an idiot basically Mm. yeah okay Uh, and is Homer a genius like bringing home millions of dollars are other characters groundbreakingly successful in their fields was that show designed to make just a boo well, the the, you know what I mean? the argument is that because there was so little Indian representation, that the one prominent Indian character that was on TV, I guess, in The Simpsons, was kind of a negative stereotype. At least that's that's what they would they would uh, characterize it as. And he complained in this in this uh, series. He had a bunch of Indian comics in a room, and he said that as growing up, we were all bullied, and part of the way we, we were bullied specifically was "Thank you, come again." You know that Indian stereotype from The Simpsons. And mm-hmm. that's the problem that they had with it is that, first of all, their complaint is twofold, two-pronged. First, there was not enough representation, okay? But then when they do get representation, they don't like the representation. And they have a problem that it was voiced with uh, a white guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a problem with that problem, <laughs> personally. Because representation, I feel like, is a red herring. Uh, I am Armenian, and I am, I've never seen representation on TV. Any Armenian... Anything you have, kind of on Ooh. E with the Kardashians, but you don't. Oh, gosh, that, this is to your what point. About, you that's go. to your point. What about though? the 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 what is it the the Shahs of Sunset? Is that Armenian? No, that's Persian. That's Persian. Ron. Oh man, is yeah. that, that so? And th- those are different. Well, they, those are <laughs> very different. If you see the rose, and everyone gold. should realize that. Yeah. 
which I realized very earlier than this moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did, oh, did yeah. you? Oh, you knew Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So that I'm was woke. You're very woke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this, <laughs> this there's been hasn't there, there's had to be some Armenian stuff no, on drug TV. lords. I feel like drug lords and gun runners. Yeah, terrorists. Yeah, terrorists. Yeah. 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 One Let's of those pawn shops. Yeah. I got cast. anyone on TV who's trying to sell you a kite. Probably Armenian. A watch, more like it. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. uh, actually, a suit, a, ni- a nice suit, or maybe uh, the side, a, yeah, the a, side store uh, perfume shops in a mall. Maybe you know what, Mikey, a little, <laughs> little bit, a little bit too much English on that one. Mikey. Right, sorry, sorry, hit <laughs> a little too close to home yeah. there, Mikey. <laughs> Let's go to Macy's. <laughs> I got cast in a TV show one time, and they said, you got to go check in with wardrobe. And I said, okay, great. I walked in, bright-eyed. I, I'm not an actor, so I don't really, you know, I don't know this world. And I thought, wow, wardrobe? Holy shit. And they hand me this bag of clothes. I said, go put this on. <laughs> great. So I, I walk into the dressing room, and I put on these pants, and they looked great on me. I'm like, yes. And I put on the jacket. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, this looks great. And I look, what else is in this bag? What else do they want me to wear? It's a bunch of gold chains. I knew it. I took it out and I put it on and I realized I'm wearing a track suit with gold chains, which is, first of all, looks amazing on yeah, me. Yeah, well. I don't, yeah. It's, it's an Armenian stereotype. Some stereotypes are true and yeah. sometimes they work for the best. And I can never wear that. The thing that looks best on me, I can never wear it. I can never drive a Maybe white Mercedes. Maybe just Armenian people have figured out what it really means to be comfortable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We have. We yeah. have, Ron. And we get shit for it constantly. Well, it's because of the way you guys drive. Okay. Oh, yeah. this, oh. I, I, honestly, oh, this yeah. is like the one thing that I'm kind of racist about is because I work in Glendale, which <laughs> yeah. is the only part of Los Angeles where people cut you off and give you the finger. Uh-huh. It is just move out of the it's, way. It's like a real. I mean, every time I go, I'm like this fucking part of town. This it's is a good crazy. debate. Real this, aggressive. This would be a good debate. So, uh, okay. So, look. Uh, sorry, Armenians drive like samurais. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. They were so badass on the road. Because you're so flexible in your tracksuits yeah. that you can really turn the wheel really quickly. I was deeply in love with an Armenian sidebar, but that's it. You know, I'm just letting you know I'm pro-Armenian. Hey, who isn't? Though? Yeah. All the listeners of the show. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So, so this representation thing pisses me off because what you, what it really says, rather than looking at the positive of it, which is, well, we, we now we have someone who represents us, and it's a positive stereotype. Which, by, what do you want him to be? What did you want Apu to be? Like an engineer? You want him to be an engineering student? You want him to be a doctor? Those are all stereotypes, too. But th- it's only because he's a convenience store owner, and he's voiced by a white guy. I don't, I personally don't find that offensive as an as a non-indian as a non-indian man as someone who's not part of the group i have no problem with it. is that what you're saying well so the the so there's uh, been kind of a backlash because according to variety the producers of the simpsons have kind of responded to it i think uh gene was name al gene al gene yeah um and they kind of addressed or al this. reese something gene but yeah anyway, go on so he, so they said they kind of addressed this in a recent episode Here's the actual quote where they said in The Simpsons, something that started decades ago when it was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do, she says. She then looks over at a framed picture of a poo, which has the line, don't have a cow written on it. <laughs> Marge then responds saying, some things will be dealt with at a later date, to which Lisa says, if at all. And that pissed everyone off. <laughs> that seemed to piss off a lot of people. So I had never thought about that before. Is don't have a cow man an Indian joke? No, but they did make it. They did make a reference to it with Apu one time in an episode where Apu became a vegetarian uh, or dated a vegetarian, and he said, "Don't have a cow, man," and uh, you know, like trying to make it literal. Okay, it was a funny joke. It is cowabunga. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Taylor. Be nice. Flying too close to the sun. Yeah, Taylor. too close. Yeah, really on the line there. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Kid Icarus over there. Okay, so wait, I, I, I would like you to clarify this argument, though, because I agree that it was of a time and a place where they they didn't do anything they didn't do anything wrong. It's just more about my having empathy and understanding the issue. Like, can can the character has the character grown since then? Well, have cartoon they gone, characters don't really grow, so I understand that. But but yes, it's but like, I mean, have they delved the into line? deeper storylines? Because exactly. I, I I'll be honest, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. The, the characters gotten married, has had many many children, which is also kind of an Indian joke. So there are kind of layers on the stereotype. That but, being said, I agree with Maddox because he's always right. Thank you, mm-hmm. Taylor. Mm-hmm. But what what at what point are people going to be okay with this? And do and should we have arbiters of taste and culture uh, should should we have people who are who are constantly i guess uh you know like gatekeepers for what's okay to joke about what's okay to rep and represent here's my big problem with the representation lisa this huh. is this is my the crux of my entire argument the oscars happen and you have the oscars so white movement right oh everyone's so white and then the oscars corrected themselves the industry corrected themselves and just went out of their way to to uh you know make affirmative action uh, <laughs> i mean they they went out of their way to 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 kind of like be more inclusive yes. of color right and it's color insincere felt insincere it is insincere and and what the message is at the heart of it is that if women need women to be to to feel representation Blacks need blacks to feel representation. Armenians need Armenians. Indians need Indians. What that essentially is saying is that we can't identify with people who don't look like us. Mm-hmm. I think it is growing us further apart than together. Representation, fine. I'm okay with it. But not at the expense of humanity. And that's what's happening, I think. I, I, I've I watched TV my entire life, and I never felt like I couldn't identify with people who didn't look like me. I can watch the Cosbys. I can watch the Jeffersons. I can watch... The Simpsons. I can watch any, you know, married with children. I grew up in a very atypical household. My family grew up screaming at each other. My mom and dad are both from Syria. We're Armenians from Syria. My mom spoke five different languages. My first language was Armenian. And I was raised eating all sorts of crazy bullshit. And I was the one kid who, do you guys know what Zatar is? Yes. Zatar. So for the listeners at home, you do, Lisa, of course. But Zatar, Zatar is basically like a, a mixture of like thyme and it's cumin. It's a rarefied spice. It's like a very in spice. Yeah. Like you go to like farm to table restaurants and your roasted broccoli. Hey, can you be... pass me the Zatar, please? Yeah, yeah. No, it Zatar. wouldn't be that readily available. <laughs> it's topped. Dishes are topped with Zatar. Yeah. 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 And I, it, it, I, when you said Zatar, I thought of the, uh, the genie machine and big yes. for a second but yeah. like, that's, that's Zoltan, right? Zoltan, Zoltan yeah. is it Zoltan, Zoltan. who yes. oh, makes the wish yeah Zoltan Z- no that's Zoltar 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 one letter away from being Zatar yeah. and Zatar Zatar it has like a toasted sesame seeds in it and you eat it with some olive oil so would you put Zoltar on something like cottage cheese no you wouldn't Ron we got voicemail about that okay I'm just asking a question I wasn't yeah. referring to that throwing but... some shade because right, I get like back cottage to the cheese debate. now yeah okay so you, you grew up with this Zoltar so I Zatar and I went to I went to school in elementary school Every every kid like pulled their lunch out of their their sack, and everyone had normal shit: peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, cheese sticks, you know those little uh, fucking there we go dips, dip sticks, crackers, fun stuff, gummies. I pulled out a Zahtar sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> and people, people were like, what "The fuck are you eating?" I'm like, "Oh, it's just um, you know, it's a it's Zahtar with a, a little bit of olive oil and cucumbers on it." And they're like, "What the fuck is?" You just have a Ziploc bag full of hummus that you cut the corner off and squeeze into your mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, the kids started making fun of me. They're like, hey, look at Maddox eating birdseed over here. 
And I became as known as the. And you know what was even worse about that is my dad actually did own a bird store. Wow. So- <laughs> Can I just say you've throughout this whole show you've told us about some interesting things that your dad has done. I would love to hear about all of them. Even if it was in a slower, fast format, one day or privately. Well, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll do it for a bonus show. I'll talk about okay. Maddox Father's versus the universe. Father's Day. Ooh. Hey, oh, yeah. there Father's we go. Day yeah. episode commemorate your dad. Yeah, there you go. So, so anyway, that was my upbringing. I it was very atypical. I was called the N word in school because I grew up in a very white city. Okay. And I was the darkest colored kid in school, and they called they put the word sand in front of it too. So they, I was the sand N word in my school, and that's how I was raised. The first friend I ever made. The first friend I ever made was in first grade, and he kept calling me the N-word over and over oh and over again. Oh, my God. That was my upbringing. So I don't feel like I I have like, you know, and, and what pisses me off about being Armenian is you're too ethnic to be white, and you're not ethnic enough to get anything for it. <laughs> so I don't, I remember that I had a meeting in Hollywood when I first came out here, and I sat down with a producer, and he's like, um, so what do you, what do you got? I'm like, what, you mean script? He goes, no, no, like ethnicity. Oh, my And I'm like, what, um, I'm Armenian. He goes, ah, that doesn't really count. And I'm like, well, what, what, what? Uh, I counts? don't know what you want me to do here. He's like, he's like you got to be Jewish. You got to be like, some, like something at the time. Yeah. And he's like, you got to be Jewish. You got to be gay, like something. And I'm like, well, this sucks. This yeah, sucks. Yeah. You probably didn't qualify for scholarships necessarily either. No, right? I didn't You're qualify for shit. Country. Yeah. Well, Maddox, do you think that people would have less of an issue if it was voiced by a white male? Or, if it or, wasn't, or, or not voiced by a white male. Or, I yes, people, correct. Yeah, sorry. I if think people it was, would have less of an issue if it wasn't voiced by a white male. Do you think people would still have problems with the stereotypes of the character if it was voiced by someone of Middle Eastern descent? Indian? Yes, I think or, so. Yes, sorry. Not Middle Eastern. Southeast Asian. Yes. Southeast. Indian, yeah. Okay. I think they would. So, but don't you feel like when there is characters um, of ethnicities put on TV that the first iterations of those characters are caricatures? They're yeah. stereotypes. Will and Grace. Like, yeah, exactly. So, like, right. the first gay guy you have on is this, like, way over the top, just, like, the huge character of a gay guy. And then as the years go by, you start to – it starts to get more measured, um, you know, portrayals, and you get to a point where a character's gay, and it's, it's not even a big deal. The character just happens to be gay. I feel like like that's – I don't know. Has that happened in the world of, of Indian characters, or is it just all still – you no, know, it's Sanjay's and Apu's. No, we have a ton of uh, Indian comics. We have a ton of Indian characters on TV now. We had that um, that show, the Indian family. Is it Fresh Off the Boat? That had a, a Asian. Asian. It was Asian, but they had an Indian family too, didn't they? Uh, well, you got Aziz and Sorry. What more? <laughs> you got Mindy Killing on The Office. Yeah, you have Aziz's show on Netflix. You had uh, yeah. Kumail, uh, Kumail and, and in The Big Sick. Yeah, very funny. And also on uh, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. So, I mean, you, you are getting the other characters where. Right. There's, um, you know, more nuanced versions of it. So I feel like a lot of times I feel like just the first iteration is always going to be a stereotype, and then people grow out of that. But it takes a good like fifteen to twenty years, mm-hmm. right? But then I think it's kind of cowardly to just like now come around and say, okay, well now I have a problem with the show that's twenty years old. That actually at the time I think I think a lot of Indian people have been tweeting at Al Jean, and he's been retweeting some of these tweets. Oh, really? Yeah, saying well, that people I... are allowed to have a reaction to it, though. I mean, just because it's an old show doesn't mean that you can't still have a reaction to it, especially if it affected you in your life growing up, that you were made fun of, you know, with catchphrases of Apu's, you know, thank you, come again, like, and people are finally adult enough, and they actually have a platform, they're gonna be like, yeah, this is kind of fucked up, like, we should grow beyond this character, like, people are allowed to, like, respond to it, right? 
Yeah, I, I guess. But, I mean, to then say that uh, they did something bad or wrong because it was a stereotypical character, I think is... Uh, it goes in the opposite direction because then it makes everyone afraid to include any type of character. And I'm dealing with this right now. I've worked on TV shows where we had an Asian character and we had a deadline <laughs> and we needed a voice quickly. And the voice had to be kind of an Asian because it was from someone from China on the mainland. So we needed an accent. No one Asian was in the office. So sometimes you just have to have someone hop in on the mic and quickly do an accent or something. And it's not because we don't want to hire someone. We would love that. But did, to go did you guys go around the room and be like, okay, everybody do. <laughs> Every, listen, it's not going to leave this room. Just everybody do what you think is the best Chinese accent. Nobody turn their phones on. Do you think that they have more of an issue that it occurred in the first place or that it's continuing? Yeah, I haven't seen like the whole movie because I, I think it, it's not streaming yet, is it? It is. It's online. I have oh, another shit. clip of it, though. Here's, okay. yes. here's some the more. Hulu. Yeah. Here's, some more, here's another clip of it okay. kind of setting up the problem some more. I never heard anyone say they liked Apu because he exposed the idiocy and bigotry of Americans and the struggles of the average immigrant. No. It was just, I love Apu. That voice is hilarious. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with liking Apu because he's a he's a kind of a goofy, kind of pot-bellied idiot on the show? It's not saying that all Indians are like that, clearly. But I think that's what they're well, saying. Let's have the guest like... speak. She... No, yeah, no, I want to hear what Lisa yeah, says. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so much pressure because we're talking about something so sensitive. No, there's nothing. I, I just feel like it's a timing issue. I just feel like... Back in the day when The Simpsons was created, that sensitivity wasn't as necessary. What we're learning now is the people who these, you know, the the filmmaker Hari who was bullied and his experience and other, you know, these Indian comics experiences were that they were associated with a big pop cultural influence and to their detriment. So in terms of like, how do you course correct that now, ideally with humor, you know, and if it's... You know, it doesn't mean that you you take the humor out of the character, but it it doesn't. It seems only fair to allow those people to voice their their experience, and it really just feels like a timing issue. I just don't think that the the Simpsons would approach it the same way now. Like they mm -hmm. might give it just because everything's changed so dramatically just in the last five years. So if you wrote for the Simpsons, what would you do right now yeah. to address the problem? I don't know. I would do like a whole interesting backstory episode on him. You know, they kind of they they've done stuff like that, right. where they kind of tried to explain the backstory of Apu. And he even had a cousin on the show who was voiced by an Indian, uh, an Indian comic at the time. But that still didn't, you know, quell well, any of this anger. And also, isn't there who is that evil doctor? Isn't he like like Mexican? You know that horrible Doctor Nick. Doctor yes. Nick. Yeah. Yes. So that's also a stereotype. I mean, I think they play across stereotypes on all fronts, and so that's another argument on your behalf because it's equal opportunity stereotypes. against all stereotypes yeah. you know it's like the lazy white guy the homemaker like they're really archety stereotypical archetypes mm -hmm. right well this vox article proposed their solution to this it said the easiest solution to this problem is for the simpsons to have ended in 2001 <laughs> <laughs> fucking assholes these bullshit artists these like these these opinion pieces these like little drive-by like hot takes on yeah. shit Oh, really? That's the easiest solution? A time machine or to have ended this successful franchise that employed hundreds of thousands of people over, you know, merchants who sell their products, the writers, the directors, the producers, the sound people. That's the solution. That's what you think would have made the world a better place is to end it so we don't fucking step on someone's toes 10 years later uh, with an Apu joke. Yeah. You 
douchebags pisses me off so much. <laughs> Here, another <laughs> another thing is without a uh, a poo, is there uh, as many opportunities for um, Indian Americans to you know make a push into Hollywood? And I know that sounds silly because he's such a funny character, but maybe something like that is what kept things in people's subconscious in the long run uh, moving forward with. A bit of a stretch. Is it? <laughs> I stretch a I, lot. Uh, I do have a theory on how when you are accepted into American society fully, because mm-hmm. we're in a country where America beckons, but Americans repel, all right? And a lot of times, and it happened with different groups, you know, the Irish, the, um, the Italians, and now it's happening with new groups. But here's when you know you're fully accepted. It's when people can do your accent in conversation at a party, yeah. and it's not offensive. So hmm. I could bust out an English accent, totally wow, cool. Fascinating. Do a French accent, fine. You know, no big deal. Chinese accent, eh, it's a little weird. It's mm-hmm. a little weird. But once we get to the point where we can, and it's not weird, that's when you know everybody's been accepted. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the West versus the East, though. You do well, like, but same thing like like Mexican accent, like yeah. Spanish. It's just like I don't know. It's still kind of weird. Maybe yeah. not as weird as it. Used to be, but there's a point where like you, it goes over a hill where all of a sudden it's like, I don't know. It's okay. Now I don't know when that is. I'm not saying people, we should do all of a sudden accents all the time, but you know, I think the intent matters. German accent. Mm -hmm. Totally do a German accent. Yeah. Intent matters. You want to talk about East, right? Have you seen any, any kind of like modern television shows coming out of Korea or China when they try to portray an American Oh, first, first of all, it's usually a Korean or Chinese. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes it's it's just like a Korean guy with blonde hair. So he's oh. he's the American, right? <laughs> and then sometimes they just hire whoever fucking expat they have, and you can clearly hear an Australian accent, but they don't give a shit over there. It's Western, okay? Mm-hmm. They play they they hire an expat to play us. I've heard Canadian expats, I've heard English expats, and they're representing Americans, and it happens all the fucking time. I watched uh, the new Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla, that, <laughs> that came out, and it's fantastic. First of all, but they had this moment in the movie where every country on Earth is trying to solve this problem of Godzilla. Well, America wants to get involved, and they're like, why is America getting involved? They said, well, America is making the case that if Godzilla leaves our shores and, and crosses the, the, uh, the, the Pacific Ocean, that it's going to attack America. So they want to try to solve, stop the problem. They said, well, we don't want them to. They're like, well, it's too bad. It's America. What can you do? And then, <laughs> and then they cut to— Shockingly accurate. <laughs> yeah. And then they cut to a pilot in a B-52 bomber uh, flying above Godzilla, and the pilot looks like— you know that blonde guy from Bad Dudes who said the president has been kidnapped? He has like a buzz cut, <laughs> like aviator glasses, like the the meat, the biggest meathead American you can imagine. He goes, bombs away. And he's like, <laughs> he like pulls the buzz. <laughs> a little pulls bomb the- <laughs> draped in an American flag pops out. Yeah. And then, and then they, they cut back to like this, uh, this control room with like the Japanese people like anxiously watching. Did it stop Godzilla? This giant nuke that America dropped on Japan fucking again. And everyone's like. No, of course not. America dropped the biggest bomb ever, and it didn't solve any problems. And it was a very poignant commentary on America. And that wasn't, I, I, I don't think it. I took offense to that, but I got the message that they were saying. And I know that this is coming from a prism. I'm getting a, a ton of hate mail for this from people saying, oh, it's coming from a place of privilege. You haven't been persecuted. You haven't been blah, blah, blah. You haven't been part of a minority. But I have. I have experienced right, that. Right, so that's my question. You you tell this whole moving story about being called the sand N-word and your experience and not being represented on in the media. So 
why can you not empathize with at least the emotions behind the documentary? Because I think that it's insincere. Um, Harry Connaballo says mm-hmm. here, he tweeted about the response that The Simpsons had. He said, the filmmaker behind the documentary, of The Problem with the Pooh, wrote, wow, politically incorrect? That's the takeaway from my movie and the discussion it sparked? Man, I really loved this show. This is sad. He repeatedly during this documentary talks about how much he loved The Simpsons, how much he enjoyed The Simpsons. So for him to... I think The Simpsons absolutely validated his argument argument by responding to it, by the way. You think they shouldn't have responded to it? Well, I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I think that they gave... They they validated that, yes, we understand, we hear you. Um, We're going to continue doing our thing, but we understand that that is... But that's not... That's that's glad-handing. That's just to, to acknowledge something does not mean it's it's responding to the issue you know that's the that's easy in my opinion i i do empathize with this guy getting bullied i do empathize i see it all the fucking time my mom was persecuted constantly because she had an accent everywhere she went she was never she we were always othered everywhere yeah. we went if i had an accent if i if anyone even even picked up like a hint of an accent on my parents we weren't american the, what, the what's first like an quite, armenian accent sound like the Armenian accent? Yeah. I don't have it, but a lot of Armenians do, especially in, uh, in Glendale. It's like... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Like yeah, the but... cast of Jersey Shore? <laughs> <laughs> Jim 10 Laundry. Uh, Armenian accent is... Uh, uh, listen, bro. Let me tell you, bro. And uh, it's a very... Yeah, it's kind of a, almost like um, monosyllabic. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a Slavic language, the Armenian, so... When I think you we're hear gonna have it. one call in next week. I think we have one call in next week. An Armenian? Yeah. Oh, do we? We do. Okay, I'm looking forward to this call. To yeah. I don't know how you can predict that, Mikey Bolts. <laughs> I don't either. I yeah. did want to say Apu is a naturalized U.S. citizen and holds a PhD in computer science. He graduated first in his class Stereotype. of seven million <laughs> at Caltech Calcutta <laughs> Technical Institute, going on to earn his doctorate at the Springfield Heights Institute of Technology. Okay, so is that better or worse that we have a computer scientist who graduated right with a PhD and now he's working in a convenience store? Is that better or worse in this? I'm just truthful. giving the information. Just giving. I think you it's the truthful. Information. I mean, that's what you hear a lot is that people come from other countries, you know, the immigrant experience, and they have an expertise and a degree, and it's worthless here. So mm-hmm. you know, that's actually like politically worthy, in my opinion, showing that struggle. Do you remember the during the I think the uh, the Emmys um, a couple of years ago, five maybe like five years ago. They, someone made a pointed joke towards Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David that mm-hmm. they didn't have any black people on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And Jerry kind of responded to that during the Emmys, and he got up on stage and he said something I, th- I thought was very poignant. He said, guys, sorry that I was just trying to make a comedy show and wasn't trying to solve racial disparity yes. through, through my show on a TV show where it's just hard enough to even get it done and, and make it happen and make a successful show. Sorry, I didn't add this additional layer of expectation that I didn't even know I had at the time. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what the solution is to this. It's really easy to talk to bitch and moan about lack of representation and stereotypes, but then no one is offering solutions. What is the solution to this? Honestly, what I have an issue with are the uh, American Indians who are not kind of really embracing their heritage like they're sort of whitewashed you know and I just feel like that's a little bit of a disservice and granted they're born in America but it just feels like they're they're kind of shunning you know who they are and where they came from to kind of fit into the larger larger media 
spectrum. And that actually does bother me. It feels a little bit strange. Yeah, but isn't that just their choice? Like, yes. don't they have, like, if they're like, hey, I'm, I don't know, if they, didn't, if they were born here and maybe their family didn't associate with it as much. Like, every generation, like, by the fourth generation, they say that any identity you have to the old country is gone. You know, the first generation that comes here, absolutely. But then there's, like, a law of diminishing returns. And by the fourth, there's nothing else that's there. But if you're going to have this argument, and if they're going to be taking a position in the media or be like a, a pop culture figure, there is, it, it's sort of like Spider-Man with great power comes responsibility. So it's like, are they taking that on or not? Or are they choosing not to take it on? It's so, just, but what, what's like the specifics? Like, so they're, so this is the, this the Armenian that you once dated? No, no. no. How was he? No, it's somebody famous. But, yeah. Hey, there's a lot of famous Armenians. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. talking to one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, are you Armenian? Yeah. Oh, I didn't bit. know that. A little bit. Yeah, no, Rucka, I mean, Rucka made, made a point of that. One thing that I want to say is that I'm so not politically correct with like comedy and with content. Like I totally respect and understand what you're saying. All I'm saying is that I've been exposed. I travel a lot, which again sounds very stereotypical, but I I've really traveled a lot and I've I just feel like the more I learn about these other cultures and their experiences, my experience, which I think is really interesting, I'm Jewish and and I'm insecure in a myriad of ways. The one area that I'm not insecure in is being a Jew. And that's because there were so many Jews in entertainment and in pop culture. And like I was sort of taught like we're great people, not to the exclusion of everybody else, but that actually has always bolstered my self-esteem based on representation, culture, and, you know, those positions. I mean, it's it's literally the one area where I feel like super confident and proud. And that's a direct result of, you know, what I was exposed to and the number, you know, the Jews running Hollywood, let's be honest. <laughs> and the Greeks. Uh, a question I had, do you think that a long enough period of time, all comedy will become offensive to, like, larger and larger segments of the podcast. Most, most, not all. I would say that there are there is some very tame, shitty humor uh, that probably isn't offensive. See, I, I disagree. You think that old comedy will become offensive? No. Oh, I don't think all comedy will become offensive. What is this? A black oh, that's mirror? what I'm oh, okay. Is this a Black Mirror episode? How did all comedy become offensive? <laughs> I, I just, I feel over time, like, over time is, is what Taylor's yeah, I saying. Yeah. I, I feel like we're at a, a situation where a lot of people are realizing things that they never realized before and yeah. they're pointing it out. And it's frustrating that they don't have a solution for it. Well, there is a solution. But, There's so much more diversity on television but, right yeah, now. But I'm saying like that's okay not to have like Black a solution. Panther. Like you're allowed to like you're allowed to be upset with something and not have a solution. No, you know, wrong. You are not allowed. <laughs> no, you, you, because like you're like you're like well, what are you gonna do about it? And people are like you know what we don't fucking know. But this thing it bothers me a little bit. You know, and people are allowed to say that, and it is fucking annoying. I grant you that because especially when you're doing it to something that is old. You know, like like retrospect. Like I was watching The Quiet Man with my girlfriend. You guys know that movie, no. John Wayne. Uh, and it's a movie. Like it's a great Irish kind of movie. And in it, though, he like kind of beats the crap out of his wife at the end. And it's this famous scene where he's like dragging her along. And it's this like family friendly movie that I used to watch with my family every St. Patrick's Day. Huh. And we loved it. The Quiet Man. <laughs> great movie. And I'm sure I'm sharing this with my girlfriend. I'm like, oh man, we gotta watch The Quiet Man. It's the best. And we're watching it. And I'm like, yeah. and she's like, so he just 
beats her with a stick, huh? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, like if we if we look at old stuff through that lens, like it, it destroys everything for Mo- us. Molly Ringwald just wrote an article for the New Yorker about the Breakfast Club and looking back at it and how like the scene where you know Judd kind of is like under the table oh, yeah, and, and sort of like skirt, is yeah. basically harassing her, yeah, and just how she was trying to show the movie to her daughter and just has a different point of view. And then when you look at Sixteen Candles was 100% like drug and date rape as well as Long Duck Dong, like the most racist yeah. representation. But, you know, does that mean that, like, I won't consider it, like, one of my, you know, favorite memories? It's like, we just have a different perspective now. It's like you grow out of something. Yeah. It's okay. You enjoy it for what it is, and you grow out of it, and then you do better in the future. And then 2018 happens, and then you're kind of stuck with it again. Because there's some people shit. people bring it up. There's some shit we're doing right now that people are going to be super offended by in 20 years. For as, like, woke 100%. and aware that we are right now, in 20 years, people are going to be like, I just can't believe we ever portrayed, you know, and then insert group. But I like to think that we're going to, at some point, I don't know. See, I thought about that with horses and monkeys and stuff, is in millions of years from now, they're going to be talking. I can't believe they they're rode show around our, horses. Is Apu more offensive than Cleveland on Family Guy? Oh, interesting. So, well, Cleveland, he, Cleveland's also voiced by- By a white man. Was, is it Seth MacFarlane who voices Cleveland? No, it's uh, someone else. I can yeah. look it up. I, uh, okay, again, so here's, here's the thing. The problem with racism, okay, let's talk about the problem with racism, is that you are judging someone not based on the content of their character- or the quality of their person, right? But the the color of their skin. That's the problem with racism. And when you try to include diversity just by having someone, who, a person of color, you are doing the exact same thing as someone who's racist, except you're trying to do something positive and they're trying to do something negative. Racist people try to hurt people and, and divide us by skin color. And people who are trying to, you know, push this mantle, this like philosophy of inclusion are doing the exact same thing, which I have a problem with. I think that it is judging someone by their skin color. We had a guest on not too long ago, a couple episodes ago. His name is uh, Federico Pistono, a brilliant guy. And he talked about the genetics of race and our genes. And he said within a certain group, say black people, you could take a thousand black people and within those that that group of people, there could be two black people who are more genetically diverse than you and a black person. Because the Part of our genome, our genetic code that defines our skin color, is tiny and insignificant compared to the rest of the genetics that make us up. So we are still backwards, I think, by trying to push this mantle of diversity and then like really focusing on on this stuff. I think the problem with do you think do you think like celebrating diversity is what's causing diversity? Is that I, what you're kind of so. saying? I, I think so. Absolutely. I think it's the same. It's the, it's two sides of the same coin. And I think that one is one is one has positive intentions. One has negative intentions. But you're still judging people based on See, their skin color. And I feel weird even talking about race like as like a oh, straight white male dude. I feel like there's been enough of us talking. So a lot of times I kind of just like, man, like at work, if people start talking about stuff, I just kind of shut the fuck up because I'm just afraid of saying something and then be people being like, oh. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I hate that. I hate that. In, in the, what it's, I just don't want to trip in front of anybody. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. People are afraid to even have this conversation because everyone, like, you know, their buttholes kind of clench up. And they're afraid mm-hmm. to say something oh, wrong. Oh, my butthole is so tight right now. <laughs> well, this guy, Harry, Harry Kanabalu, I want to say his name right. Kanabalu. Harry, Har, excuse me, Harry. 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 <laughs> I got his last name of Mrs. Fr- Harry, Harry Kanabalu. Any, uh, Harry Candy Crush over here. <laughs> so, Harry, mm-hmm. the problem that he has, really, if you listen to the subtext here, 
uh, I mean, and he does say it out out loud too, which is 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 the if bigotry. You to both the subtext <laughs> and, and the actual. If text. you can get the through text. that accent, you know, <laughs> you look into his eyes. Lisa Alvin. <laughs> okay, so what what he's really saying? What he's really saying is he has a problem with bigotry, and we all do. Of course, you want you don't want people to stereotype. You don't want people to. Say thank you, come again. It's disrespectful. It's offensive because mm. you are stereotyping somebody, a real human being. And he kind of had this joke. the 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 whole series kind of starts out where he's talking about how someone came up to him and said that uh, one of his jokes wasn't that funny or something like that. And he goes, well, "Why couldn't this man have had the courtesy of saying that on Twitter? Why did he have to do it to me in real time?" And then, just as he's finishing that up, someone in the audience, a heckler, yells. Thank you. Come again. And that's what set him off. And he kind of like went down this path to make this documentary. I get it. That's offensive. You're 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 just diminishing and reducing somebody to a stereotypical character. That's offensive. Okay, so we were talking about Carl uh, Pilkington. Are we making fun of stupid people by by laughing at him? Yes. And we're making fun of Bart. By making Bart's kind of a dumbass. How is that making fun of them? They're a cartoon character. Exactly, but he represents some segment of our society. Most uh, sitcoms, the the conceit is you're making fun of people who don't get something right. They're a little bit dumb. They're a little bit slow. They they miss something, if, right? If they're not put to that elevated, different uh, character, like they have to be put to a place where they're not everyday people or just elevated versions of those things. Because if they're not, then like my dad wasn't a huge fan of The Office, like Steve Carell, and, and it was it's my favorite show. And he didn't understand why Steve Carell was running such a crazy office. He was like, no, an office would never be run that way. <laughs> You'd never get anything <laughs> done. Oh what kind of paper mill products? But I'm like, Dad, that's why it's funny. Yeah. And 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 that's what I think with characters is, yeah, they can go over the top, but they can also provide so much more. It, 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 it's what makes that character a character. And not just a stand-in. That's my opinion. I don't. I, I don't know. What were you gonna say, Ron well, or Taylor? I would just like to hear the response. Like, how do you design characters? Oh well, um, I don't. Well, first of all, I don't think I really. I don't think I really design characters, but I'm very interested in comedic stories that haven't been told before. So you're gonna actually have a guest on uh, soon who uh, is a, a performer who's in a wheelchair and. I have a project that is a comedy, a character driven comedy that features three people with disabilities because it's something that I just am really interested in because I feel I had felt really uncomfortable around somebody in a wheelchair, not because just because I didn't know anybody in a wheelchair. And I've talked to Santina about that at length. Um, It's in there was a fabulous campaign in the UK called End the Awkward because it's very much human nature to sort of not know how to interact with somebody who you're not accustomed to being around. Mm-hmm. So to me, the the whole thing with, with this, you know, the problem with Apu is not about what can the Simpsons do to course correct, but just having awareness that there are more dimensional characters or more dimensional Indian characters to portray, whether they're good guys, bad guys, that there's more dimensions to them. But it's not about how do we change the Simpsons. It's just, oh, I didn't think about that before. And that's interesting. And maybe I would be interested in learning a story about an Indian American that wasn't relegated to just running a convenience store, you know? I, I'm wondering, Maddox, if, like, so you're kind of saying, like, race shouldn't matter, you right. know? But I think what Hari is saying is that 
in our society today, race does matter. So you're looking through a prism of the world that you, you want to look through. Yeah. And he's looking through a prism of what the world is actually looking through. Because we're not all we're not all operating at Maddox level. Like yes, you're using like sixty percent of your brain yeah. and we're we're down here using like maybe a solid nine percent. No one is at Maddox's level. <laughs> Correct. Thank you, Taylor. You know, I mean well, you're he's like he's Armenian, you know. Yeah, he's, he's they're a, very smart people. He's a Thanks. super Armenian. That's true. That's a true stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's an is ought argument. So, what is the world, or versus what the world ought to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And I think I think Hari, I'll, I'll I'll probably have an Indian. I really wanted you to start this that sentence with, "Listen, let me tell you about all these dumb motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> I think Hari's problem really isn't with the Simpsons. It's it's with people. It's with how people have, the, have bastardized it and ruined it. Well, it's just because that guy who went, thank you, come again. Like, it's like, you ruined it, man. You ruined it. Like, cause like the Simpsons, I think, you know, it was written, it's a show written by people who graduated from Harvard. They're all very smart people who write it and they were kind of operating at a high level and they wanted to put like some satire in and some people get it and other people just kind of see like, oh, the stereotypical Indian character. And then they just go, thank you, come again when they see an Indian person. And you're like, you're kind of like, oh, great, dude, you ruined it. We can't we can't have nice well, things. It, it's interesting because whatever the clip that you played where Hari said, you know, nobody was thinking about the satire in regards to stupid white people. You know, whatever had Apu had responded to them, that there was some satire along that they were just thinking about Apu being stupid. But there is some subtlety to it. It's a sophisticated subtle comedy you know and so that's again it's it's more just about well their experience growing up was that people only saw the stupid and that's affected his entire life okay the the problem is with with this uh this whole argument of representation is let's let's take let's take for example the oscar so white movement right uh where i think that what happens in hollywood is they will overcorrect and they will go like last, you know, the year before there was Oscar so white. And then the next year it's like, well, let's make a movie with three black female scientists. And then, and then let's let's reward. Let's give them an award. And they did. And then it's like, OK, did we solve the problem? No fucking Hollywood. You're still the same dipshits. You're still the same bigots. You guys are just trying to pat yourselves on the back for something that you you guys acknowledge that you were doing something shitty. And then you invented a fucking solution to, that you guys have then just invented an award to give you guys are just jerking yourselves off what? No, no, they can never do anything right you can never, you're like hey this is kind of fucked up okay well let's try this oh fuck you it's not sincere enough it's, it's like they not... can never do anything right if with that but i'll t- i'll tell you the, the, okay so this representation and i agree like, hidden figures i didn't think was that good but go ahead <laughs> i didn't i never even saw it but i'll tell you what they, they were like we need we need more representation i looked up the statistics how many black people like actors producers writers directors had received oscars up to that point and it was about 15%. Well, guess what? Black people make up 13% of the population. That is representative. What? I don't understand like why why we're tripping over ourselves because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have overcorrection. You're going to have a bunch of white taxi cab drivers because people are like, well, let's not stereotype. And you're going to have a bunch of... Just- Maddox, you're on a roll right now. I don't know. Okay. I think we should unravel this one. Honestly, this is, as a producer, this is going to sound strange but being in the minority business is big business like part of what i've been doing is focusing on latino performers latino writer and directors because as proven by black fan by black panther and other movies there is a huge market there are voracious consumers of content across all platforms the latino population and the african-american population Mm -hmm. and lisa yeah um, as a 
Irish, Catholic, Slovak. How am I looking? You're you're fine by in the, me in the minority business. Oh oh, you're 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 not looking good in the minority really? business. No, there are, how no. many Irish Catholic Slovaks do you know? Yeah, well, God you damn know, it, I'm sorry. Go you've got the American four. accent yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, I do think that there really is a big market in a big. I mean, I don't know the statistic. That seems it's 13 percent of the population is black, and the Oscars. I think they have gone to black performers or black people in the industry about 15 percent of the time. So it is. In line with their, but out of <laughs> the scary one, argument, out of the hundred percent white Americans that are in America, how many are actually in the industry though? Because you said right, but you it's said repre- that's a good point. It goes across the board. It goes across. So, for example, how many? First of all, how many uh, fucking Oscars have gone to Asians? Period. Uh, I see, I, and they and they make up a much larger segment of our society. So you're not seeing, uh, you know, this this representation, it, it's just, it, we're still focused. We have this laser focus on the it's, pigment in our skin. It's like, oh, well, let's give it to a black guy. It's like, well, what do you know about mm-hmm. that black guy? What do you, what can you tell me about somebody just based on his skin color? Okay, well, there's there's one thing that I want to bring up that I, um, when I worked in features, I read Harold and Kumar go to White Castle as a spec script. Yeah. And uh, I brought it to Sony and they were like, there's, I, I don't remember, I, I don't want to say that Sony said it, but I just remember hearing and it was it was kind of widespread across Hollywood at that point nobody's going to make this movie because it's an Indian and um, an Asian in the leads like I mean it was literally just like that's not going to be a viable movie and um, John and Hayden the writers they just wrote that I mean they'll talk about it to this day they just wrote that from experience like those are the guys that they partied with at Penn and they just thought it was hilarious so they did know that experience and they did want it represented and they did think that those characters were funny and they were authentic to people they really know so that was just a great example of like breaking down stereotypes or playing them up but you know there's truth to it and it's a comedy but it was just a great film and a great franchise based on two white guys wanting to show different points of view not because they're politically correct just because they think it's funny it was very funny it was a very good movie but there was even even in that movie there were some racial stereotypes like there was a part where I think Kumar was, was was looking for Harold and he was running around in this dorm or something and he stopped someone and he goes Hey, um, I'm looking for this Asian guy who's running around here. He's an Asian engineer. He goes, "Have you seen him?" He goes, "Yeah, I see an Asian engineer only when I open my eyes." Yeah. Like that was <laughs> well, there yeah, you but see that's funny. That was very but, like, funny. but it's cool because it's funny. Like again, it comes from a place of truth, and that's the that's the fine line with comedy. It's just that the the intention behind the movie they made it was it was rooted in truth i'm totally with you about like this kind of patting yourselves on the back bs you know hollywood backlash but sometimes the end does justify the means well so this uh, the guy from that movie the indian guy was named cal penn yeah. is that who it is cal penn was in this documentary hari's documentary yeah. and he hates the apu character he said that growing up he's he says he hates the simpsons specifically because of that character I didn't know that. Yeah, Cal Penn has a huge problem with it. So I'm not going to minimize the Indian American experience. That's an interesting perspective because as a kid, I'm sure he entertained his family and friends and wanted to become an actor and then thought about himself identified with him. And that's what he saw was working at the time. And some people think it was paving the way for, you know, cartoons. But yeah, I have a very simple test, uh, a very simple racism test. I like to show people two stock photos. One is all white people. The other one is white, black, Latino, Asian. I ask them, which is more diverse? There is no right answer. Because if you say anything, you're wrong. You can't because you are judging someone based on the color of their skin, 
based on their 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 it's ethnicity. It's not a judgment. Diversity. What's the judgment. definition of diversity? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like there's more difference in this photo than this photo. No, the, it, the definition the de- of diversity. The definition of diversity. The state of being diverse, variety, a range of different things. A range of different things. But what? Well, let's look at Martin Luther King's statement that we should judge someone not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. So at a glance, you cannot say anything about the content of someone's character at a glance uh, just because their skin is black or because they're Asian. You don't know what their what their lives are like. You don't know what path they took in life. You can make assumptions but those assumptions are based on stereotypes. So if you look at that picture of two stock photos and it's all white people and one with a bunch of mixed races, you can say nothing about those people because you don't know them. And that's what Martin Luther King was saying. And I think that's what's important to not forget is that we need to learn about people, not just judge them by their skin color, good or bad. Right. I don't want to I don't want to hire someone for any reason other than their qualifications. And if I get a job by the way, I don't want anything for my ethnicity. If I get a job, I you, want to you know. You won't get anything I was, for Armenian. You I know. To, I, you don't have to worry about that. Thank you, Ron. No one ever goes, oh, bring us the Armenian. <laughs> no one gives a shit about yeah. us. But if I get a job, I want to know that it was because of me. I don't, maybe if it was like a falafel salesman. Yeah. Then it would be Armenian. But other than that. <laughs> Thin ice there, Ron. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I really do. Yeah. And I think it's so admirable. But I do think that. It's not admirable. It is like, admirable, no, Lisa. Wrong. he's trying to look like. Uh, at the future and I get what you're saying that we should all get to know people individually and how the characters (laughs) that they are but like dude culture skin color it it affects it people are different and I think it's okay to have different people represented in movies and TV shows and and to showcase their perspectives and yes in the beginning it may be awkward it may be forced it may feel in like correct uh, like insincere but in the long run like that's where you start like the first time you try and do anything you're bad at it you know, well, like you, the first time you try to play basketball, you're shitty at it. The first time Hollywood is trying to actually promote diversity. Yeah, it's going to be insincere. It's going to be awkward. So these are we're just taking the first baby steps now. You got to give it time before like it does need time. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, very reasonable man. I'll say this, though. OK, let's take let's step outside of Hollywood because Hollywood is fucked. Yes. Uh, let's look at YouTube and let's look at new media because there is no gatekeeper and anyone can represent themselves however they want. Which in, is the thing I love about YouTube. I mean, but too. also, I some of the, I remember watching like big YouTube stars and some of their videos, and I remember thinking like, this is the most racist shit I have ever seen. But you're talking about seeing like someone who's an African American or like that they're playing into the stereotype. I just remember seeing like some white guy. Oh, okay. Pretended like he was like a black guy order a black okay. woman ordering something from McDonald's, okay. and okay. I had like millions of views, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing as a comedian. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to cut you off. Maddox. There's definitely no, no moderator in there dancing the line of free speech. And it's very clear. And with you said a statistic a few episodes ago of how many how much content is being uploaded at any given time to upload or uh, to YouTube. Yeah, it's just more and more. And there's no one regulating it. And when they think that you have a strike on your account or a video, you go through an automated service, no matter how big your channel is. And right. it's frustrating. So right now, I don't feel comfortable uploading anything. Well, I mean, that's that's a problem with the platform itself. But back to, like, the, the representation argument, right, on YouTube, whatever. There is no gatekeeper. Anyone can put out anything they want, represent themselves however they want. So all these people who are complaining about the media that's not representing them, make the media that you want to represent you. If you want your race or identity represented, why not just make it? And there's a few of them who, are who already doing are. That. Yeah, I mean, they are. Are. everyone in that movie is literally doing that. But you can do both things. It's not an either or 
issue. You can only make media or critique media. Like, you know, they're obviously doing both things. Look, I, I have a very simple, another very simple test. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> for, for anything, anything like this, okay? Is there intent to make you laugh? If it is, then cut them a little bit of slack. At worst, they are guilty of not being funny. I actually, uh, I kind of agree with that. Yes, we I, finally have some middle ground. I, I do... I do feel like when people see something, I wish, and this just goes in life, when if somebody at work says something to you that really hurts you, or your, even your girlfriend, I wish you would just think and be like, what intent did they have when they say that? Was their intention to really hurt you? Yeah. Because I, I really think that a lot of times people get angry, and I think if you look at their intent, yeah, it came out wrong, but the intention was not to make you feel bad. Right. And I, I think I wish we paid a little bit more attention to that. And the other thing is um, there should be a grandfather clause literally where, you know, where our our grandfathers are mostly racist and where <laughs> where like any kind of any show that's been on the air for more than like 20 years. Guys, culture changes. Shit changes. Even myself, like I've gone back and read things that I wrote when I was 16 years old. Guys, it's been over two decades Sometimes your opinions change. Sometimes you 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 shift with culture. I, I've told this on the podcast in the past, but I used to be homophobic, literally in the sense that I was afraid of homosexuals yeah. because I grew up in a conservative state where people constantly beat you over the head and said, hey, look out, there's AIDS, there's all these like diseases and all these things, and they'll turn you gay. I didn't understand what it even meant. Right, so and exposed then- through media and through pop culture and getting to know various penises yes or or homosexual characters you no, know I, I actually learned i actually came uh, overcame that one night i was talking on a bulletin board system a bbs uh-huh. but this like preceded the internet and i was talking to about a, bbc on the bbs <laughs> oh, no. how about the bds movement yeah. Natalie Portman? Go ahead. there was no bbc or bds on okay. this bbc but <laughs> there was a gay man and i asked and i've told the story before but I'll, I'll say it real quick i i found out he was gay and i thought oh my god my parents would kill me if they knew i was i was like downstairs talking yeah. to a gay my you know this gay guy on the internet and my first question to him was why are you gay and he responded to me with another question he said why are you straight and I thought about it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, could, did you choose to be straight? I'm like, y- y- no. It's <laughs> like I've never thought about it Amazing before. Amazing story. Yeah, yeah, I've never thought about it before. And that it was that one question that got me down the path. I'm like, yeah, why am I straight? Do you, I don't. Do you know, like, I love those moments where you get blown away by stuff. Yeah. The, the one that happened to me was I was like shooting a sketch with some friends, and my friend was, um, you know, she's a single woman, and she was on uh, Tinder, and she was like giggling at her phone i went what are you looking at and she went oh i'm just looking at all the dick pics that i get sent on tinder and i was like what and i expected to see like two three maybe six tops she turned her phone towards me and just started going and she's like this is what i got this week there were like literally 30 to 40 dick pics and i i mean i knew she saved them yeah because she was like we looked at them together and it was fucking hilarious uh just the stuff that guys send out where I don't think they look at many other dicks when they're seeing this dick and they're like, this is a tight dick. There's no dick. dick quality control. No, it was it was an awful dick. I, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I wish I had the same confidence yeah. in myself that you do in your dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was, I just never knew the onslaught of it. I never realized yeah. it was that much. So I, I actually have experience in it too. I used to be a, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, Snapchat celebrity. I was one of the, at, at a time, one of the biggest Snapchatters in the world. Taylor, and, look at you. And um, I was inundated with hundreds of dick pics per week and it wasn't just dick pics the things that would get very graphic were videos 
And I, I don't want to get detailed, but dig dig videos. And, and flopping it, it around and stuff, smacking to, them on their knees. It was weird that they were able to hold the phone while doing these disgusting acts. Like that was the the impressive part. That hmm. is impressive. Yeah, that has been very impressive. I blocked all of them, obviously. But I didn't save the pictures. That's weird. Well, guys, very enlightening conversation mm-hmm. about race on this show. Uh, you know, and what I'm really excited about is that we solved it. Yes. We Yay. solved it. Yay. Yeah, there you go. More people that, more stories we haven't heard in media is a good thing. Fake, inauthentic Hollywood people patting themselves on the back, bad thing. But it might be part of the process that's the necessary in the long run. Slash, we should all look beyond race. Okay. And, um... Am I missing anything? <laughs> yeah. I will just say this. Whatever sells, make that story. If if people make a story and they're saying, well, we should have this story told and no one gives a shit about that story, sorry. Try, <laughs> try again. Make a story that people give a shit about. Because guess what? At the end of the day, it's show business. You got to make Agreed. money. <laughs> Black oh Panther, perfect Black example. Panther. Great. Because yeah. it, was, it was like, I think the first... Uh, black, big black superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, other than Blade, well, there's a bunch. No, there's there's, there's actually there's a, there's a tweet about this. Yeah, there's been a bunch, but it was the first big Marvel, yeah. uh, black superhero movie. Yeah, and it did it did it did well. It, it was, did well. It's about to it's about to surpass Titanic. It already did. It's yeah. the number one right. grossing movie of all time. I think. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge <laughs> I mean, I guess statement. That's okay, it's a Marvel <laughs> movie. That's insane. All right, guys. Well, don't forget to vote on this debate at madcastmedia.com. I want to hear. Forward. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a little scary. Oh, we're going to get up. I'm, I'm going to get my ass blasted yes, next are. episode. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, guys, we should talk about the debate from last week. Lisa, last week we debated what's the best way to punish a child. Do you have anything off the top of your head? I mean, off the top of my head, the good old-fashioned timeout. Timeout? Mm-hmm. Well, we asked the audience what the best way was. We have four different uh, solutions, right, okay. that we pitched last week. And coming in dead last... With 9% of the vote, timeout. Whoa. <laughs> Guess I need a timeout. <laughs> yeah. Followed by hit them. That was <laughs> number, a number of us. Well, that's because you were pushing it. I was pushing it. I But then I did have a different one. My actual uh-huh. solution is let them suffer, which is let the world, let them do bad things and let them just suffer yep. and learn from their own mistakes. But the number one solution, by far, 94% of the vote, whoa, was give them a choice with consequences. Oh, <laughs> that was Ron, who said that? that Ron who Babcock. said that? As someone yeah. who doesn't have any kids, I have a lot of opinions about how to raise children. And yeah. signs out that I'm right. He's yeah. a great uncle, too. Yeah. yeah, Ron is a great uncle. I like it when they call me Unky Ron because of the episode on The Simpsons where they had Unky Herb. Oh, remember mm. Homer's brother answer. when it's like Uncle Herb and he's like, "Call me Unky Herb." I don't, I don't Unky remember Herb. anything that's not a stereotype. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a one, one quick question. Yeah. So what happens uh, about South Park? Is South Park not on the radar for any Good of this? Because that sounds very, very specific to. Is it the because a public station with Fox? Yeah, I don't know. This South Park. I mean, they did mention South Park in this as well with some of the stereotypes they've had on that show. But they they kind of get a free pass with this because satire they just because do everything. everything. They do everything. I yeah. think it's because they don't give a fuck, and there's still like big wigs ahead of the, the the Fox stuff. And I think it's Trey up to Trey and Matt with South Park to do what they want to do. They're like throw us out if you if you really want. But I yeah. think. Yeah, maybe maybe they're just held to They'll a different. They'll just go off and do something else that's wildly successful yeah. and entertaining. Yeah. I think Taylor was right that the Simpsons. I don't think they should have even responded to this controversy. They yeah. could have just said, "Oh, okay, I guys, didn't say that. I said just responding was validation." I also think okay. Taylor was right that they shouldn't have responded to this controversy. <laughs> I think Maddox is yeah. right. Taylor definitely saying think, I'm right. Taylor is correct in saying <laughs> I'm right. 
Um, so let's get to some voicemail. I got a ton of voicemail. We got. We should get to this. Uh, here's the first one. It's from the bad hombre. Hey, wanted, right. wanted, yeah, longtime caller and listener of the show. Wanted to make a correction about uh, Illinois. Listen to this. All right, pendejo. This is the second time you've done this. As a resident of the city of Chicago in the state of Illinois, Illinois, you don't pronounce the fucking S at the end of Illinois. You just pronounced the S. Fuck, they teach this shit in like second fucking grade. Holy shit, man. Fuck. Why don't you go tell your friend in Arkansas <laughs> if he's pronouncing that name right, dipshit. <laughs> Excellent call. Yeah, it's our favorite. Yeah, yeah we get one of our favorite callers, yeah. the bad hombre. Um, yeah, okay, Illinois got it. Uh, so, <laughs> and then I t- last week I talked about uh, in Jurassic World. My favorite moment in that whole thing it was at the beginning when the dinosaurs first start attacking. There's a guy that takes two margaritas and he's running away with them, <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's the best. So I didn't know this, but here's a caller pointing out who that actually was. Listen oh. to this. Yeah. Hey there, Maddox. Uh, first time caller, long time listener and reader. Uh, listen to the podcast, and you mentioned something about a, an individual in Jurassic World wearing a Hawaiian shirt and some margaritas. That was um, actually a Jimmy Buffett uh, cameo, it turns out. No, uh, my buddy what? and I saw that. You know, we were like, wow, that's a lot like Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> we looked it up, and it was right there in the credits. Yes, Jimmy Buffett cameoing in Jurassic World so as yeah. some guy. But just wanted to call and let you know. That's uh, great. Isn't that amazing? That is awesome. We should have more helpful voicemails like that. Yeah. You actually great. got comments saying that on YouTube as well. Yeah, a lot of people pointed that out. But I didn't know that. That's amazing. And he was the best part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one scene. I saw, uh, Lisa, in West Hollywood, they have this, uh, you know, the the, Hall- the Halloween parade, for those of you who don't know, where a lot of people dress up. I saw a guy dressed up as Jimmy Buffett oh from Jurassic God. World carrying two margaritas. That's awesome. Hilarious. It was yeah. my favorite costume. Yeah. Um, we also debated the trolley problem a couple episodes ago. Now, you're familiar with the trolley problem? No. The modern version is if an automated car, a self-driving car, yes. has to make a choice between hitting a group oh, yes, of pedestrians yes, yes, versus yes, one. Oh, yes, yes, I know this, yeah. yes. Well, this guy has a solution to that All problem. right. Yeah, listen to this. Maddox, there's a very obvious solution to both the trolley problem and the self-driving car problem. With self-driving cars, you just plow through the crowd of people, then drive off the cliff. You guys kept talking about fairness, and the only fair thing is to kill everyone. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Is that the best solution? I should run for mayor. It yeah. is. Kill the kill the group. Kill them all, baby. Yeah. yeah. The car should be smart enough to scan and see if anyone's still alive, like any life signs, yeah. and like backs up over. <laughs> The cliff, like a bandit trying to get away. Yep. <laughs> Honorable. Yeah, great solution. I like that a lot. Uh, Weird Matthew McConaughey called in, longtime listener and caller of the show. We talked a couple episodes ago about how progressive the Pope is, and then we got callers calling in because I said people are shitting on this Pope for not being progressive enough and not solving every problem. I'm like, are you fucking kidding he's me? He's a dream Pope. Yeah, he's a dream Pope. He's he's the dope Pope, as Mikey yes. says. Yeah, the one and only. He's the dope Pope. And then yeah. I said. There's a bunch of people who hate him, and and there was a controversy. People back and forth. A lot of like, people who? can't cope with the dope pope. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Babcock. There you go. Uh, so we got a caller. Uh, Weird Matthew McConaughey wanted to talk, comment about the dope pope and who hates him. Listen to this. You know who doesn't like the pope? Anybody who doesn't like to support or belong to a group or an organization. It just covers up pedophilia. Just whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> if Ford did that, 
the CEO of Ford, not even just the CEO, as many members of Ford did that. Would you still be buying Fords? No. No. Yeah, yeah, shitty. You know, nice try, Weird Matthew, but actually the president of Ford was a huge bigot. He was like a huge... Oh, yes, yes. Well, he's yeah. got the... Um, Henry Ford got the that award from Hitler, like our Congressional right. Medal of Honor. Yeah. He got like the highest ranking thing you could from Nazi Germany. Like one of three people got it. Henry Ford was one of them. Yeah, he was a huge bigot. Uh, so yeah, that answers your question, yeah. Matthew. He just looked at Hitler and he's like, that guy's got some good ideas. Yeah. You know what? You If you've ever been in a Ford Taurus, you know that was made by a bigot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those things are such shit cars. Dude, I remember I had a Ford Contour. Yeah. Like, Jesus, what a shit. Piece yeah. of shit car. Shitty car. Also, the name of the car. And yeah. Ford Explorers. Name it? Uh, the shape, contour. Yeah. <laughs> how many fucking Ford contours have you seen on the road? Zero. That's how you know that Ford in the 90s were shitty cars because none of them are still on the road. No. 1993 Toyota Corolla? Oh, it's still on the road. I see them all the time. But uh, you they never, will never any, die. You never, you, yeah. yeah, you never see any Fords when in the 90s. When was the last time a friend of yours rolled up in a Ford Tempo? Yeah, or a Dodge Neon. Remember the Neons? <laughs> oh, yes. my God, yeah. Disappeared, yeah. It's a lot of crappy cars. Well, we got yeah. another voicemail about the Pope, uh, talking about the Pope haters. Listen to this. Oh, Pope. Hey, Maddox. I'm just calling in to, you know, respond to numb nuts who called in last week saying that there's no group that specifically hates the Pope. Well, a church I used to go to really did hate the Pope. I don't know why. I think they thought he was Jewish or something. <laughs> Not that anything wow. about Jews. I don't personally believe. You know, it's like I don't associate with them anymore, you know. But, like, they weren't super into him. And I just thought that he should know that he's wrong. Oh, hi, Tim. You guys hang out on the weekends? You guys, uh, what do you do? Yeah, this guy in the, this guy in the, so, so, is that, Jews don't have a problem with the Pope, do they? I'm asking you as an official representative yeah, no of the problems. No, no, not to my knowledge. Yeah. No. You guys better back the fuck up if you yeah. do. Yeah. No. Back it up because this Pope is the dope Pope. Yeah. No, we're all a fan of this Don't pope. need a cope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, we got another. So last week we talked about uh, disciplining your kids. Yeah. Here's a guy. Here's uh, this guy's solution to the. to. Uh, I, I think I know how this guy voted. I'm not sure. You guys tell me if you guys can figure out how he voted. All right. So growing up, my brothers and I were a bunch of little fuckers. And my mom and dad, especially my dad, would whoop the living shit out of us, okay? And we're from a family of lumberjacks. So my dad would go to their fucking sawmill and make inch-thick paddles with holes drilled in it for aerodynamics. And he really got a kick out of using those fuckers, all right? And now, myself and my brothers, we're all upstanding law-abiding citizens and all my aunts and uncles who refuse to spank their fucking kids. Now all of my cousins and everything, they're all a bunch of fucking bums. They're fucking either in jail or on drugs, don't have jobs, and that's it. I'm telling you, man, spank your fucking kids. <laughs> they need it, little fuckers, little <laughs> bastards. Damn. Whoop their asses. <laughs> He's yeah. honest. I don't know about whooping. Yeah, you got to whoop that ass. Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh, thank uh, you for that call. Yeah. <laughs> I think he voted to hit your kids. Taylor, uh, we got a call. He's more of a timeout guy to me. That okay. guy? The yeah. timeout guy? Yeah, yeah. I love that his dad made a paddle because he's swinging that thing so hard, he needs to put holes in it for aerodynamics. <laughs> that was yeah. in the King of the Hill episode. Oh, was it really? Yeah. We huh. used to have our, our principal in grade school, like, I remember it. he had a paddle. 
and you have to get sent to the prince. He never did paddle anybody. It was always just a huge threat. But like I remember, it was you'd go into his office and there'd be a paddle right on his desk. Just a quick reminder. Just yeah, a little reminder. It was like straight up corporal punishment. Yeah. So that was still around when I was a kid. I don't know. I don't think you could do that now. Yeah. No. I mean, no. maybe in some private schools. God, what it would it be like Home to be schools. in a family of lumberjacks? It's fucking awesome, probably. Yeah. Probably wake up every day just like hairy as shit. They just pancakes, have to, like, lots of pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. They have to shave their eyes before they can see in the morning. Yeah, they, can, just, they so just drink syrup. Yeah, fucking badass. At least they have a routine. That's kind of nice. That is nice. It's better than my, what yeah. I got going on right now. No, <laughs> poor Mikey with no routine. Um, Mikey has no trees to figure cut it down. out. Yeah, thirty-one yeah. states have now banned corporal punishment. That's it. Uh, so only thirty-one states. Fuck, we got to move to a better state. That yeah, doesn't have, that nineteen still states work. still allow. Wait, does nineteen plus thirty-one equal fifty? Either yes. way, we yes. still have some work to do. Math. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a, another voicemail, Taylor, about you. Listen to this. Uh-oh. Yeah, listen to this guy. Hey, can you give Taylor a goddamn promotion already? Like, he's just, he's such a suck-up. He's just like, Maddox, you're so, your dick is so big. Maddox, your dick is so girthy. I love you so much. Maddox, you're the best. You're the best. He's like, he doesn't think for himself. Just give him the promotion already so he can just shut up. Uh, anyways, my shirt is an extra large. Uh, I'm in Boston. Okay, you're not getting I, I don't like how he was speaking ill of you. Thing. Yeah, well, that, you that know, was inappropriate, disrespectful to you, and you will make any decisions that you want yes. without having to be guided by people who are going to be disrespectful. To you. Shut the fuck up, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. So that sounds like that sounds like you're buttering me up more for a promotion. So you know what? I'm going to leave it up to the audience. You guys mm. can vote on the website madcastmedia.com on whether or not Taylor gets a promotion, and your vote will be binding next week. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll see. Because he's junior journalist now. Okay, he may get a promotion. We'll see. Yeah. And Ron is deputy cadet moderator. Deputy cadet oh. moderator. That's right. Yeah. And he's the Sultan of Swag, Mikey Bolts. Quick question: yeah. Is there a? I know that there's promotions and demotions with these awards yes. that we should really hang up somewhere. But there's so many other faces here. Yeah, if yeah, you're so watching many. this on video, but I was wondering. Is there any way to change the content of the um, of the award itself? Like, uh, if I'm not feeling swaggy anymore. Oh, if you're not feeling, no, it's entirely up to either me you. or, in the occasion that I leave it up to the audience vote, Got they it. can decide. No, yes. is Sultan of Swag is that because Mikey is also Armenian? Mm, I'm no. Greek and <laughs> loved Aladdin, so I think that it's one of those things. Okay. We're, okay. The Armenians and Greeks are brothers. Yeah, they're basically, they're, we're ethnic brothers. That's what we are. Yeah, we fist bump like we fist bump for days. Yep, That's yep. All we'll over the place. Leave it at that. Um, here's another voicemail. So we talked about a little bit about Martha Stewart and how she went to jail. Celebrities yeah. who went to jail, and when she got out, she had a very funny anecdote. Listen to this. Hey, Lord Maddox, it's me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of uh, Martha Stewart in jail, and uh, they asked her, "Is there anything you miss about the outside world? What's the thing you miss the most?" And she said, "Lemons." And then it was like two or three seconds afterwards, she's like, oh, fuck. And she's like, and my family, which is one of the best things you could ever say as a celebrity in jail. Fuck whales. I forget the comedian who said it, but they asked him, what celebrity would you have sex with if you could have sex with anybody? And he said, uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah, and it, it was, was like, Snoop Dogg. It was like, why? And he's like, I don't know how the sex would be, but you know the breakfast afterwards would be fucking awesome. <laughs> That'd be worth it. I mean, even if yeah. the sex was mediocre, I'd still do it. Oh, just to see how she like, you know, her bed must be amazing. Oh yeah, you know, it's true. She's probably she's, she's probably still like amazing. Too, you know what though? It, it, she's probably like too nervous to let loose in the sack. I know? disagree. I bet you yeah. she is fucking insane. Yeah, really. Dude. Yeah. Hmm. 
I also think Martha she's Stewart also been is, in prison, so that might have given her a little bit more of an edge. You I know? think she's a good-looking yeah. lady too. Yeah, she yeah. is a great-looking lady and had a Tempur-Pedic pillow, I'm sure, in her cell. And I think she's pampered and would take care of all of us. I'd make a mess of her bed. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna destroy. This I'm gonna bed. destroy her bed. I just want to like just m- ruin all her doilies. You're like and just taking a drink of water. You're gonna have to burn the sheets. Yeah. She's 76. Hey, wow. She looks amazing. Not too bad. Yeah, not too yeah. bad. All right. Well, here's another voicemail. So I talked about uh, self-driving cars, smart cars, things like that, and how this technology could be in elevators at some point. Listen to this, Maddox. What the hell do elevators have to do with the self-driving car debate, Maddox? Elevators are already self-driving. <laughs> you push a button, it goes up. You don't have to drive it. Make sure it goes all the way up. God, you're fucking dipshit. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, well, tell you what, dipshit. I'll tell you exactly what it has to do with this debate. There's already companies that are proposing smart elevators that do facial recognition. So if somebody comes into a building and is shooting up the building, right... And it recognizes that person from an, a previous floor, or they can, or the security guard, or whatever. You can lock that elevator door with that person in the elevator. Now the question then becomes another ethical one: If there's a shooter who enters an elevator, right? This is a scenario I came up with. If a shooter enters an elevator, and there's another person, an innocent person in that elevator, do you keep the shooter locked in the elevator with that person, knowing that the the shooter might kill that innocent person, or do you let the elevator door open? and let the shooter into the floor where it could kill very many more people. How well do you know the person on the other side of that door? You don't know him very well. They're just another coworker. You just walk by. Have you ever had a good conversation with him? Um, just, you know, just casual. Like, hey, how's it going? Weather, that sort of thing. I'm, I'd be rough on the fence with a 60-40 for me. Yeah, 60-40? It's, we- it's an FBI call. I mean, it's sort of like one civilian versus, like, I can't make that call. Like, it's really just... You're the FBI director, Lisa. I I mean, I don't know what the protocol is. I feel like I need to know You can set how, the protocol. Okay. Have, have shots been fired? Uh, he's he's killed the uh, the uh, the receptionist. Yeah. Okay. So you know this person is capable of killing. Okay. It's a really good one, right? Yeah, it's pretty good actually. Yeah, I'd good keep one. him in the elevator. You'd keep him in the elevator, yeah, without a doubt. I think most people would. But can't they surround the floor that he's going to get off of? I mean, it feels like there's got to be a way to risk opening the elevator. Well, say there's two shooters. There's one downstairs holding a hostage that no one can enter the building. There uh, and uh, if it's one life versus. Hundreds of lives, yeah. then it's the one life. Yeah. But there's also the chance that the that the shooter but, could get out on the floor and and not kill anyone. If he didn't kill a person in the elevator yet, he's probably not going to kill. But him. that one guy in the elevator, he actually uh, is a scientist, and he yeah. has in his briefcase he has the secret to cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, then no. Well, yeah. hold on. Him him dying isn't going to change the. He's the only the- one. No, he. But the <laughs> other part of it is in his brain. <laughs> You only wrote yeah. half of it down. Well, yeah, because I would fucking kill that guy. I would, I would like get the shooter out of there and I'll take him out myself. I'm like, fuck you, man. You have the cure and you're just being a dick about it. Yeah, no, he doesn't want to get into the the you know big cancer companies where right. they don't yeah. want the cure to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No money in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another. No <laughs> here's another uh, another caller. So I talked a, co- a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. about how. I got a Fiesta Scramble with a cup of cottage cheese and a cup oh, of fruit. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, cool. We didn't talk about yeah. that before. Everyone gave me shit about it. Well, I applaud that. Thank you. It's old school. It's not old exactly. school. Exactly. It's fine. Exactly. It's normal. It's old school. Sliced tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, know what's old school is is uh, making people feel bad about their cottage cheese choices. I agree. It's 2018, guys. 
Trigger. <laughs> um, there's, there's a voicemail about that. Listen to this. Hey, man, I just want to say a big fuck you to all the people who are making fun of you for getting a uh, fruit cup and cottage cheese. I happen to go with a group of people every single Saturday to a breakfast place where we get that exact uh, fiesta breakfast with the cottage cheese and the fruit cup. Uh, if you ever want to join us, we'd love to have you. We're the National Man Boy Love Association, uh, Dambla. Uh, you're more than welcome to come. It's one of our staple uh, meals that we get every single week. Uh, uh, fuck. Yeah, fuck you, too. you know what? Yeah, douchebag of the week, Nambla. I'm. It's just a Nambla joke. That whole thing, fucking asshole. You know what was great is that he really had me going for a second. Yeah, he had yeah, me, me too. too. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, new see? person, someone else Maybe who's trying to be us to scramble. Friends. Yeah. Whatever, assholes. Um, <laughs> then I, I talked about smoking my first ever joint last week. Yeah, I got right. a shit ton of calls this about is a it. Thousand calls. Yeah, there's so many calls. I'll just play a few more and then we you got, have several more. There's yeah. I'll do. <laughs> I'll end it here. I got like I'll just play. I'll just play this here. Maddox, two things. First of all, when you walked into that secret party and uh, smoked a joint and put out halfway. <laughs> I took the rest home, and your friend wasn't even smoking. Yeah, those people knew. Those people knew you didn't smoke. <laughs> Second thing, who the hell brings half a joint home? I think that that's just nasty. That shit was probably smelling up the whole studio. It smelled like resin in there. While your guests probably too polite to say anything about it, but just smells resiny as fuck. That fucking half smoked joint. And it was $5. You couldn't have just stood there with it and let it burn itself out or just, you know, smoke the whole thing or you you weren't even inhaling. So anyways, that's my two cents. Have a nice day. Yeah, I was inhaling. I inhaled like a pro. I inhaled all over the place. I told these guys I inhaled hard. I, all the way inside my lungs, Lisa. That's was, exactly how we all talk about it. Too. <laughs> okay. I brought home half a joint last night yeah, on 428. I, I have a problem with this guy going off on bringing home half a joint. Because you know what the worst is? Is when you want to smoke weed and you don't have weed. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you, we bring home the half a joint. Yeah, Conserve. And yeah. it didn't smell bad in here. Maddox always smells good. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> All right. We're, uh, we're, we got to wrap this up. Uh, Taylor, we should get to some quick news headlines. Taylor, what do you got for us? Well, if you notice that I was a little distracted halfway through the podcast, we have some breaking news, oh, and shit. that is that Vern Troyer just passed away. Mm. Ooh, oh, Vern! Vern yeah, Troyer, best known for playing Mini-Me in the Austin Powers oh. comedies and for oh. being one of the shortest men in the world, has died. Vern died uh, during this podcast, according to a statement from the family. Uh, it sounds like uh, he was taken. He was on life support since being taken to the hospital earlier this month. He's dealt with alcoholism issues oh that's a bummer i've known some people who who've known him very well that's uh that's a that's right i know like he's huge in la like yeah. in the influencer scene like he's yeah. always like doing he's stuff. a really cool dude yeah, yeah. well that's a bummer yeah and uh, it actually reminds me even though we're at the end of our topic i did want to bring up that show on tlc little women for part of this conversation because you can look at that as being exploitative but not if those women are empowered by it getting to tell their stories yeah, but then who decides whether or not the women are empowered? If they, t- I know, what do you survey them? Do you have to? Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's. It. I'm so curious to see oh, this man. debate how how it pans out. Yeah. Punches All right. Are still so yeah. something more interesting. Entrepreneur Christina Roth has created Super She Island, a private retreat off the coast of Finland where no men are allowed. 
Roth says her aim is for women to vacation at a destination away from society's pressures and embrace an all-female energy. The island sleeps 10 people in four luxurious cabins, offering wellness activities and opportunities for bonding. Roth picks the visitors herself. Those interested should be prepared for a vetting process via the organization's website. According to Roth, the main requirement is that the island is a zone without sexual tension, meaning you just come and just want to chill. Yeah, so I guess on this island, lesbians don't exist, right? What a bunch of cro- what a crock of shit. Lesbian, bisexual people, no sexual tension, only women there. What's, what a bunch of horse shit. You're completely ignoring sex, like people's sexual attraction, sexual orientation. You're the cues, like me. People cueing. Yeah. I'm questioning. Questioning. Mm. Every day of my life. By curious Mikey Bolts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I say do what you want. You got an island? People want to go to it? Like, I got no beef with that. Although I think it's weird that it's like, I'm going to, I'll pick who gets to come. That's a little weird. Like, what criteria are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I can't imagine anything more annoying or boring. You know, it's like, that I'm falling asleep just hearing about that island. Yeah. A little too specific. Too, too specific. Yeah, that's a bunch of horse shit. If you're going to have your own island, you got to have quick rules. Quick rules. This is what we're doing here. You guys want to go someplace with no sexual tension? Go to a fucking Michael's Craft Store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's lots of sexual tension at Michael's Craft Store. You just haven't been in the right corner. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're in the wrong yeah. aisle. You're in the no, perfume aisle in the corner. Yeah. A school suck. superintendent, principal, and assistant principal were arrested for not telling authorities about a student fight club at their Connecticut high school, state yeah. police said Thursday. Several organized fights took place inside a math classroom at Monteville High School oh, during yeah. school hours with the encouragement of a substitute teacher, according saw, to police. I saw this. There's a picture of like two kids in a headlock on the ground, and the teacher the teacher was like the cool teacher in school, so he was like, yeah, man, whatever. Go-. And he like facilitated this fight club. I bet you know they called him by his first name, too. Yeah. You know? Like Stan or Stu yeah. or something yeah. like that. Come on, guys. Ryan it's just Fred. Name. Ryan. 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 What what city was this in or what stage? Is it this say? was in Connecticut. Uh, Honestly, Montville. did not they're toughing up these toughening up these kids. I you did know, not expect that coming out of Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if that's like you know, I think what of Connecticut as being really upper class, but I'm sure there's some shitty parts of Connecticut. Yeah, we're well, yellow. No, this was this was a nicer school, right? They were wearing uniforms, that sort of shit. It was a nice it was an affluent community, it sounds like. Um, Who won? Was it Brad? So did I Brad guess it, win? it was slap boxing. Slap, slap boxing. boxing. That's not a fight club. That shit's hilarious, though. That sounds like Greek studies. Yeah. <laughs> slap boxing slash Greek studies. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, is that true? Is that is accurate? It Greek, how is it Greek studies? Yeah. Just there's all sorts of like Olympic, mm-hmm. you know, Olympic kind of games and, That's you know, fighting stereotype. is a big. Yeah. It is yeah. It's like two pussies fighting each other. Wait, so That's is slap boxing like a thing? I just imagine it was like. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Is no, you can. You can. You know, it's like boxing, but you're not punching. You're slapping. I've been slapped really hard before, so I can see it being yeah. a sport. Mikey's a slapper for sure. Yeah. I don't oh, slap. I've been slapped. I've been slapped. Yeah. A former emergency <laughs> operator in Texas was convicted of hanging up on thousands of 911 calls and was sentenced to 10 days in jail and 18 months of probation, prosecutors said. Williams had worked at the Houston Emergency Center for about 18 months, ending in 2016. She drew supervisors' attention for a high number of short calls that lasted fewer than 20 seconds. Data showed Williams hung up on thousands of calls, including reports of homicides, robberies, and speeding vehicles. Jesus. Williams told prosecutors she often hung up because she did not want to talk to anybody <laughs> at those times. Hmm. <laughs> Thousands? Thousands. It took thousands for this to become made aware of? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Is, is there no quality control like in the 911 centers? Aren't those calls like specifically recorded? Or do people, if you're calling on somebody who's like, there's a speeding car, wouldn't you call back and be like, hey, the last operator hung up on me? Yeah. Also, whenever I'm like calling like uh, banking or T-Mobile, they're always saying, uh, this is on a recorded line. Why don't they say that on 911? Shouldn't they have like awareness that the the call is recorded and that there's some quality somebody's control? Somebody's reviewing yeah. this. Yeah, They're exactly. all recorded. Yeah, but yeah. I guess the, nobody really looked at the uh, the call logs, right. the call the call times. That's interesting. Maybe they should have asked her during the interview process. Do you like talking on the phone? Do you like helping people? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like saving lives? <laughs> Jesus, wasn't feeling it. I got one more if you want. Yeah, yeah let's do a quick one. Armytimes.com is reporting, in case you weren't already terrified of robots that can jump over walls, fly, or crawl, Army researchers are developing your next nightmare, a robot squid. Oh and they want soldiers to be able to use 3D printers to make them on the battlefield. The U.S. Army Research Laboratory and the University of Minnesota are developing materials that can be 3D printed based on the flexibility and nimbleness of invertebrates, such as a squid, according to an ARL release. Was that nip- nippleness? Yeah, that's what it was, I thought it was he said. Nippleness. Nippleness. Nipples yeah. and squids are kind of similar consistency, so maybe there was a... Yeah. <laughs> are the suctions different from the nipples? Are we still Nimb- talking about nipples? No, nipples. nipple. Oh, they're nimble. Nimble. Oh, yeah, they're nimble. Yeah. Well, they're also mm. nipply. Yeah. yeah. They should make a very nipply squid. Yeah. Because that would disarm our enemies. Yes. If yeah. they looked through like a periscope and you saw this boob floating towards you. Just a, made of nipples. You gotta crank one out. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just made Sounds of all. It's like a squid, it's, but it's it's like 98% areola. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. we're talking. I did I did see some squid news. And <laughs> now I got a now yeah. good story, Mikey. <laughs> or I'm sorry, Taylor. Um, yeah, I did see some squid news just before we did the show. They found a new type of squid that has oh. horns on it. Ooh, yeah, it, like swims upside down. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird looking squid. I guess all squids are weird looking. Ocean life Gross. is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, just fry them up. Fry those fuckers. Yeah, it, it feels like you know everybody's always like this is going to be three D printed. Like I've been told for five years that you can three D print your gosh darn computer in a week, and yeah. like I feel like three D printing still is not a thing. Two D fucking printing. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We haven't figured that out. Yeah, uh, Ron's Ron's a curmudgeon when it comes I, to printing. No, I'm a curmudgeon against printer. I'm a curmudgeon against being sold this bill of goods about how technology is going to fix everything. And most technology we are right, have right now doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Amazon Alexa keeps coming on in my apartment and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get that. I'm like, nobody's fucking talking to you, yeah. Alexa. Pick <laughs> yeah. an uncommon name. I feel bad for the Alexas out there who bought that or who's having an argument with their boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm like straight up abusive towards Alexa. I, I think we've all yelled. Yeah, I, w- I don't want to talk to machines. Like, <laughs> I won't have an Alexa. Well, I yeah. do, and I have something to say. Alexa, play Pantera. All right, guys. Slam. That's it for the show. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Uh, all right, Lisa, uh, where can people find you? I guess on Instagram, L.S. Ullman, U-L-L-M-A-N-N. L.S. Ullman. We'll link to it on our website. Lisa awesome. Ullman, thank you very much for thank coming you on so the much show. Thank you having me. It Fantastic. Was a Absolutely. Mikey Boltz, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. You were great. Oh, Sultan okay. of Swag, thank you to the Deputy Cadet Moderator, Ron Babcock. Thank you, Maddox. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to the Junior Journalist, Taylor Nikolai. Let's talk more about your penis. <laughs> but most of all, you're welcome. I don't know about you guys, but I think the best way to discipline a kid is make him cook his own fucking food. See how he likes that shit. When he don't like the shit that you give him, he wants to be all picky. Oh, I don't want to eat this, I don't want to eat that.
I just give the motherfucker a bag of potatoes and a fucking steak and tell here, make something, motherfucker. See, you can do anything better. <laughs> oh, man, that guy's like my spirit animal. Yeah. Totally. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>